You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. Sue's close. Hi. I'm gonna oh I'm not the shortest person, that's good. Um I, I do have notes and I hope you hope you're all right with that. It's been a been a, a an interesting time. Um so I'm gonna start with a little bit of a recap. Um last time I was here, uh I, I told a story and um uh, it was about how I'd just been diagnosed with uh, bowel cancer and I was awaiting surgery and I was uh, quite scared. Um, I didn't know what stage my cancer was. I didn't I didn't know what to expect I- in any way. And I came and told my story about it and it, and it kind of helped. Um, and uh, so my brain's a little bit all over the place. So that's why I, I have the notes. I, norm- I normally wouldn't. Um, but... I, I, um, I had the surgery and I wasn't here for the next true stories. And what was really lovely is that when I got home from hospital, I had this card and it was from you guys. And that was so lovely. Um, I, I, you know, I can't, can't even explain how lovely it was because even though I wasn't here through your words and your thoughts, um, I, I kind of was there and it was nice to know that people had been thinking of me and so now I'm here with my next installment I'm gonna speed up a bit more um, and I, I kind of want to use this opportunity to to share some of the things that I've learned since um, I last saw you and part of that is is because I sort of feel if if I can help one person have an easier journey than what I've had or one person who's supporting someone with cancer uh, do in in some way, then it, all of this will will have been worth it. I think, in the end. So I hope you don't mind. But what I'm going to share is is less of a story and more of a, th- a list of things that I've learned, things I wish I'd known, and maybe some things that I'd wish other people had known, um, <laughs> in the nicest possible way. So I'm kind of going to start with that, and I, I'm going to start with what it was like telling people that you have cancer and and the realization that that people don't know what to say and i don't think that's because they're horrible or anything obviously not they they do it because they they love you and and we as humans we we sometimes don't know what to say in these times and um we don't always think through the impact of what we say and because we want the other person to feel better so much we maybe revert to talking in platitudes and things that aren't actually that helpful. And so my, I guess my first bit of advice is about like what not to say to someone who has cancer. And <laughs> there are lots of things like, you know, they go, oh, the res- you know, result is really good. You know, you know, prognosis are really good these days. We're doing lots of really lovely things. And that's great. That's true. Or, or they might say, especially to me, they're like, oh, you're really young and fit and you'll be fine. You'll beat this, which is really great. But being really young and fit didn't help me not get cancer in the first place. So it's really hard to trust that being young and fit is going to help you not have cancer 
anymore. Um, so, so that's one thing. But the, I guess the biggest thing that I found really upsetting was when people would say, oh, you know, my, my neighbor's uncle's dad or my postman's second cousin or my stepdad's second cousin's hairdresser. They had bowel cancer and, you know, they bounced back and that was amazing. So you're going to be fine. And <laughs> I really appreciate because people don't know what to say, but that I struggled with that one a lot. And the reason I struggled with it was because everybody's cancer is so different. And you have no way of knowing. And the person you're speaking to at that stage, I had no way of knowing um, what my cancer was, what my experience was. And so comparing it to someone else's devalues the experience of that person. I mean, cancer has so many stages, you know, from a, a polyp, a precancerous polyp, to um, stage four, where it's moved to your other organs, or from grading, so you might have grade one, where your cells look quite like normal cells, and the cancerous ones are growing really slowly, to grade three, where they don't look anything like a normal cell, and they're growing really fast and aggressively. So in essence, you could have two people that both have stage three cancer, and the prognoses are so different because of the grade, of the anyway, that, the, so that, <laughs> you can't compare someone's story, and I found that really hard, because I felt like I was being, I don't know, uh, my story, my experience, my fear, w wasn't being, appre well, not appreciated, that's not the word, but I felt like I didn't have a right to feel as shit as I did, um, that because someone's uncle's second cousin's neighbour bounced back from bowel cancer really easy, that, that my experience was somehow, I, I was being melodramatic. Um, so I guess my message for that is don't say that to people. What you should say is maybe what I wish everyone had said, and lots of people did and lots of people didn't, is, shit, Suze, I'm so sorry. That's a really shit thing to happen to you, and I don't know what it must feel like to, to, to have to go through that. And I'm going to be here, and I will hold your hand, and I will walk your dog, and I will clean your bathroom, and I will go to Lush to get you face wash because you can't go there yourself. But I'm not going to tell you that your experience is anything like anybody else's experience. And that sort of got me thinking about this idea of being positive. And... I feel quite strongly that maybe we need to be careful about the language we use when we talk to people with cancer and tell them, be positive, you know, that will get you through. And don't get me wrong, like positivity is so important, you know, it makes this really scary, horrible thing bearable. Even more importantly, it, it ensures that you're not an asshole for the people that have to look after you and care for you and love you and makes you easier to love and support. But it also has lots of negatives because... When you get diagnosed with cancer, that's the moment that you lose control of so many things. And I started to worry that, what if I wasn't positive enough? Did that mean that I was not going to survive? And that doesn't mean that at all. Like, you know, you can be as positive as negative you want. Like, cancer's an arsehole. It's going to do what he wants to do. <laughs> I mean, it's going to change the way you experience it, but it's not going to cure you. And so I think we have to be really careful about talking about cancer in a way that puts the blame on the sufferer. You know, you did this and that's why you got cancer, or you did that and that's, you weren't positive enough and that's why you didn't survive. So I, I kind of want to explore that a little bit more with my own experiences where I found that actually 
too much positivity was really bad. <laughs> and and I, I don't want this to be a rant or a really negative thing, but basically I rocked up and I met my surgeon for the first time and he was so positive. And I walked into that room and he was like, excellent, she's not over 50, she's not fat, this is awesome. Um, and he talked me through all the risks of having cancer and the surgery involved and every statistic he counted with, but because you're slim and fit, and I was fit at the time, you know, I was running 30 miles a week. I mean, I know I now look six months pregnant. That's not my fault. Blame cancer. Um, but, um, <laughs> you know, I was, you know, as your dream patient for a, for a bowel cancer surgeon. And um, I, I rode on that wave of positivity and I rocked up to my pre-op assessment and the anaesthetist was in the same bad wagon. He's like, awesome, you know, it's amazing. You are going to be up in two days. You're going to be home by Friday. It's going to be a new world record. And I was like, yeah, got this. So got this. And I didn't have it. I didn't have it at all. I was not up and out of the hospital by Friday. Friday, I was still vomiting. Um, and the shock of that hit me really, really hard, and I felt like a complete failure. Um, my surgeon visited me, and my anaesthetist visited me, and I almost saw, like, the sadness in their face. I'd let them down. And what I learned was that that positivity did not prepare me in any way for how awful bowel surgery was going to be. And I learned that I had to stop trusting the professionals to prepare me adequately and in you know in the nicest possible way they're amazing people but they didn't prepare me and i guess some of the things i learned <laughs> um was that you might feel a little bit nauseous meant vomiting continuously for three days i learned that it might take a few days for your bowel to wake up would turn into weeks was well, nearly maybe it's months now i don't know I also learned that your first movement might be a bit loose, would actually entail having to uh, shit out a turd the size, shape, and consistency of a dinner plate. And that was probably the first one of the worst days of my life. And one of those worst days of the life would happen so often, and I'd be mumbling that phrase to myself so often that I, I, I kind of lost count. And the other thing that this over-positive attack on facing cancer, uh, it made me feel like a really bad friend. And I wasn't prepared for that. And I wish I had been, because I would have prepared my friends better, maybe. But I was so sure that I would breeze through this whole experience that I, I arranged for loads of people to visit me in hospital. I was like, yeah, come on, it's going to be amazing. Be great, we'll eat grapes, it'll be brilliant. It <laughs> and when I... When I had to cancel all those uh, visits because I couldn't face anyone, I felt really bad. And then the next week when I was home from hospital and nobody had prepared me for how awful it would be coming home where you don't have anyone to help you, you don't have an electric bed to help you up and down, you don't have people to ask things when you're scared. And then I had to cancel all those rearranged visits from hospital that I'd cancelled and I had to cancel them again. I felt like a really bad friend. And this is a thing I wish I'd been able to tell myself now and maybe I would tell other people who are about to face what I face is, I learned that you can't make plans. You have to be able to say no. And you have to be really truthful about what you're feeling and, and what you can face and what you can't. Because 
not doing any of those things made me feel like I was just a horrible human being and I was hurting all these people that all they wanted to do was support me and love me and I was basically hiding away and telling them I didn't want that and I would ignore their phone calls and I would deliberately leave my phone on silent because I couldn't face talking to them. And I wish I'd be more prepared because then I would have known it was okay to not make plans and to say no and to be honest and to explain to them, actually, don't phone me. Message me, that's fine, and I'll deal with that, but don't phone me. And what was worse about all of that is this through this whole time, some of my dearest friends were going through some really, really horrible things, like really horrible things, and I couldn't be there to support them. And I tried and I failed, and that made me feel really bad. And on top of everything else, I was feeling like a really horrible human being. And I had to learn that it was okay, that I had to trust that other friends would look after those friends. Um, because I couldn't, there was nothing left. I had nothing left to support them with. Because um, I, I did recently get my histology results. And I have stage 3C grade 3 bowel cancer. And what that means is... Um, so my cancer is what they call locally advanced, so it's spread beyond the bowel wall into the surrounding lymph nodes. And because it's grade three, it means it's um, more aggressive. And that was quite a lot to take in, and I was no way prepared for that prognosis or, or what the prognosis of that was. Um, and that's my story at the moment. So... Uh, I'm going to start six months of chemo soon. Uh, yesterday I started um, hormone injections so that I can freeze some, some eggs and maybe have some control about future decisions about whether or not I have a family. So one thing that I can take back control that cancer took. And, and I think that's the biggest thing I learned about cancer. It takes control of things that you, you wanted to have control of. Um, things now <laughs> um, and it, it, it's really cruel and it because it forces you to face things earlier than you were ready to face them and not just you but the people that love you and the people that support you and and that's really cruel I think that, that we don't talk about it changes your path and it makes you mistrust and question everything so your doctors, your nurses, the system, science, your own body, and sadly, also the people around you that you love. Because it's really irrational, but it, it's really hard to imagine that somebody would choose to live with cancer when they have the choice or the freedom not to. And I, I mean, let's be honest, bowel cancer is probably the least sexy of all the cancers. <laughs> I mean, you talk about poo a lot. Um, <laughs> so, but I mean, it's not all bad. <laughs> what cancer's also taught me is that uh, because I've had all those moments where I've mumbled, this is the worst day of my life, and survived them, I know that even if I have to mumble that phrase to myself a hundred more times, there's going to be moments and days and maybe even weeks 
over the next six months of chemo where they're not the worst days, that I will survive. There will be days that aren't the worst days. And I think knowing that is probably what's going to get me and the people that I love the most through the next six months. And then I'll come back and tell you about what that was like. I guarantee there will be poo. <laughs> Thank you. Sue's close. Thank you, Sue. True Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website truestorieslive.co.uk.